Blog Talk Radio. about it 
in such a way that they understand how important it is, first of all, to us, because we're the folks talking about it. When I talk to the instructors, new instructors, and we're discussing how to teach the history, one of the main things I tell them is, look, <clears throat> it doesn't matter uh, it doesn't matter how many dates and names, et cetera, you put out there because uh, they're not going to remember the majority of them. You're gonna, you've got a 20- to 30-minute slot here uh, to put this information out. And, and they do learn a lot, and then they, a lot of information is put out. But the most important thing you have to do as an instructor is make the folks who are listening to you telling the story, make them, make them understand how important it is to you. Because if it's not important to you, then why in the world would it be important to them? And it needs to be. It needs to be important for the person telling it and for the folks hearing it. So we do an absolutely fantastic job on uh, teaching folks about their history, about how the how this nation came into being, uh, about why we are Americans, about why we, about the responsibilities that we have today to those that come after us. Just like the founders had, they, the majority of them, if you look at the folks uh, who were mainly responsible for this, the, none of them were, uh, uh, were young men. They were, uh, the majority of them, were well into uh, uh, into the the you know toward the the latter parts of their lives. They were in their sixties, seventies, eighties. What did it matter to them? I mean, uh, they had lived their lives. They had uh, done everything they needed to do. What did it matter to them if uh, if things didn't go well? And the answer is, they weren't doing it for themselves. Uh, the founding fathers, the men and women who helped bring this nation about, had a lot different uh, outlook on the nation than a lot of folks have now. If you look around you today, if you hear what people talk, the way that people talk and what they say, you hear a lot of I and me and what I need and my rights and my needs and my wants. There was a lot less of it back then. Back then, a lot of their thought process was certainly on uh, on individual rights, but also collective rights and collective responsibilities. What was good for the nation? And the most important part they were considering is how is this going to affect those who come after those who come after. We have the same responsibility today. Now I look at the at the Appleseed Project, and I see that a, a great deal uh, of the men and women involved uh, are in these the same age bracket. I mean, uh, certainly uh, a great number of the men and women involved are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. <clears throat> what do they have to worry about, right? Uh, pretty soon uh, uh, pretty soon, things will be over for them. I don't mean that in a crass way. I just mean that 
you know, they've lived their lives. So what do they need? What are they worrying about this for? Because they have kids. They have grandkids. They have a responsibility to those who will come after. I have children. Uh, someday I'll have grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Uh, I have a responsibility to those who come after me because I wouldn't have anything that I have were it not for those who come before me, were it not for those folks having an understanding of their responsibilities to those that would come after. So I have a responsibility in the same way to my children, my grandchildren, to the uh, to the millions of Americans who I'll never meet. I'll, I'll never know. Uh, I'll be I'll be dust and uh, long in the grave, <clears throat> and still I will have had a responsibility to those people who will be living in the next uh, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 years. That's what we try and do. We try and get folks to understand that they have a responsibility to those who will come after. That being an American isn't granted to you by virtue of a uh, blank filled in on a sheet of paper. Being an American means that you accept the sacred responsibility of ensuring that the rights, the freedoms, the liberties that this nation affords you are maintained, that they're kept uh, polished and bright. And that's what we do every weekend of the year, every single weekend of the year. I don't know of a single weekend. Now, there may be one coming up uh, uh, in December. We'll have to see about that. We'll see who is who is bold enough to uh, to schedule an event for December 25th and 26th, because I'm sure somebody's going to be. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm hearing laughter from uh, some of my family members, so I, I doubt it's going to be me that's going to be that bold. But uh, but somebody's going to be right. There's plenty of folks. When I was a younger man, uh, and I didn't. Uh, I, don't, I didn't really worry about uh, Christmas or my birthday or anything else. I think that uh, I would have no qualms about uh, hosting an event for December 25th uh, weekend. We'll see who's we'll see who's brave enough to do that. But right now, every single weekend across America, there's an apple seed event every single weekend of the year. Wow! How did that happen? How is that happening? It's due to the, the dedication, the devotion of hundreds of thousands of Americans who decided that this program, that the Apple Project, is a worthwhile project. It's a worthwhile program, and they've decided that this is how they're going to spend uh, their time in helping to ensure uh, that our nation receives the tender loving care, the maintenance that it needs in order for it to continue on, to continue to drive on. So, if you would like to go to an event, like I said, there's one every single weekend of the year now. There's one in every uh, every state of the continental United States. Uh, there is going to be an apple seed event 
within a uh, uh, within a uh, a reasonable drive of you almost every single weekend of the year now. Now next year, uh, though, you can probably uh, throw a rock out your window and uh, and hit an apple seed event because that's about how many we're going to have then. But right now, every single weekend of the year, we've got an event somewhere within a reasonable uh, automobile drive from you. Well, how would you find this event? How would you how would you find how you could get there? What was going on? Where are they going to be? Well, I'll tell you. Here's what you do: you go to the homepage rwva.org. You go to the homepage. Across the top of the homepage, you'll see a bunch of tabs: uh, home, Apple Seed, Boot Camps, Register, About Us, Donations, Links, News, Email Us. And listen, while I'm talking about this, make sure that you check out those other links. Uh, there are a lot of folks, a lot of our IT folks and uh, uh, a lot of the workers that put in a lot of time uh, to develop the website. So make sure that you're utilizing uh, the website. Even if you don't have to get some information from the website, just take a stroll through there so you can see the amount of work that's been done, which is a, a large amount. All right, so you want to find the event. You go to rwva.org. That's the homepage. Look on the top of the homepage. You'll see a list of tabs across the top. Look on the second from the left. It says Appleseed. Put your cursor on the Appleseed. You'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, go to Schedule. That will take you to the page that I'm on now. That is the listing of events across the United States. Now, we've got them listed uh, by the dates. It will be the dates, and then it will be by the cities that they're in. So if you want to go to an event on October 2nd and 3rd, you just go to the uh, to the follow the trail I just gave you, and that will take you to a listing of the events across the United States. Now, there's also a filter on the page. That means if you want to uh, – if you want to see uh, just the events for Alabama, and you can click on that, hit filter, and it'll give you the Alabama events. Or uh, whatever state you want to look for, uh, you can go to it and filter out the, uh, all the rest of the stuff and take a look at the events for those states. All right, now once you've decided, and look, <clears throat> don't just think about going to an event. Don't just say, you know what, that might be a good idea go to one of those events. That may be a good idea. I may go end up going to one of those one of those days. When? When are you going to go? What, is, what does it take to get you to make the decision to flip your switch and do the right thing? Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it from here. I can beg with you. I can plead with you. I can tell you all the, the good things about it. I can tell you how great an event it is, uh, but I'm never going to be able to convince you are never going to explain what an event really is. The only way you're going to find out is to go to an event. And the only way you're going to go is by flipping the switch, by making the decision to go to the event. So don't wait. Don't think about going to an event. Go to an event. Be bold. Be decisive. If you're thinking about going to an event, follow the trail I just set up for you. Go to the, uh, the listing of events. Look down the list of events. Find an event that fits you for its location and date and go to it. Make the decision now to go to it. A lot of folks wait and wait and wait, and they want to do this, and they go, yeah, I've been thinking about it, la, 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 I've been thinking about this, and I've been 
you know, I've been wanting to go one for a long time, and I just, you know, this and that, and, you know, the cat needed an operation, and, uh, you know, I had bunions, and, uh, you know, on and on. Make the decision to go to an event. It's going to change your life. I'm telling you, this is not a, an idle boast. It's going to change your life. And how do I know? Because people tell me it did. People tell me all the time that it does. So once you decide on an event, go to the schedule page, take a look at the one that you would want to go to. <clears throat> You'll see two hot links beside it. One says information. If you click on that, that will take you to the event information page. The event information page has all of the uh, all of the information for that specific date at that specific location. Uh, I'll tell you how to get there, uh, who to contact for more information, any special rules, regulations, etc. <clears throat> the next hot link is the register link. And that's the link that you're going to need to click on to pre-register. And listen, you're going to want to pre-register. I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why in just a second. I'm going to read off a list of uh, closed-out events. That's events that uh, you can no longer go to even if you wanted to because they've already filled up. Uh, because some folks decided that uh, they weren't going to wait anymore to go to an event. They were going to go ahead and go to one. And they uh, pre-registered, and now those events are closed out. The days of thinking that you can just walk straight onto an uh, Appleseed Project uh, weekend shoot uh, are pretty much over. Uh, it can still be done, sure. Sure, it can still be done, but uh, uh, I wouldn't always count on it uh, because you'll, uh, you'll go to the event, you'll go uh, striding up to the, uh, uh, to the admin table, Ready to get ready to uh, get a weekend of rifle marksmanship instruction, and they're going to say, "Sorry, it's closed out. You know, we filled up, we hit our limit." And you're going to be a very sad man because now that you've finally decided to uh, make that uh, take that step and go to an event, you're not going to be able to go to one because you didn't pre-register. So make sure you pre-register. Now this helps you, and it helps us. It helps you by ensuring that you have a place on the line. It helps the staff and the instructors by letting us know how many people are going to be at a specific event. Like I said, every weekend now in the United States, there are uh, there is an event uh, a short distance, a reasonable distance from you, every single weekend of the year. This takes a lot of folks, a lot of planning, a lot of supplies, uh, a lot of driving and plane tickets and shipping uh, of gear and equipment, a lot of hotels, a lot of uh, portageons, on and on and on. It takes a lot of a lot of stuff to get an event done. Making sure that we have enough instructors for the number of attendees, etc. So it helps us if we know how many people are coming to an event. So please pre-register for your event. That includes if you're a if you're coming as a free shooter, the same thing. If you're coming as in one of the uh, the categories uh, that we have that we offer uh, free instruction for, <clears throat> we still need you to pre-register. All right. So you're going to go to an event. 
You're going to decide on the, uh, the date, uh, the location, by going to rwva.org, the home page. Looking up across the top of the page, you'll see a list of tabs. The second tab from the left says Appleseed. Put your cursor on that. You'll get a drop-down menu. On that drop-down menu, select Schedule. That will take you to this page. All right, we've got a, a we've got a large number of shoots for October. I'm going to go through the October shoots here, <clears throat> and uh, and while I'm going through them, for those of you folks who haven't been to an apple seed, uh, listen to the events that are coming up, and uh, make your decision to attend an event. While you're sitting there listening to it. Uh, Follow the trail I just set out so that you can pre-register for that event. The rest of you folks, uh, the members, the instructors, etc., that are listening, we need you guys to do your part too. And your part is a little bit more complicated than the the rest of the folks, but it's just as important. And that is, if you're an instructor, you need to make sure that uh, that you have looked at the instructor schedule, and then all of these events. Uh, that we're calling out, that all of them are staffed. Uh, I looked uh, earlier today, and we still need uh, some shoot bosses uh, at some of the locations, and we need uh, a few of the shoots filled out with instructors. Uh, if you're an, an IIT on your journey toward be, uh, becoming an instructor, select an event this month to get to your next stage. Make sure that whenever you go to an event, you have your PCs ready to fulfill for that uh, for that next stage that you're going to. If you're a member, we still need help uh, in many other ways. Even if you're not a member, we could still use help in promoting these events. Now, as I said earlier, I wouldn't count on going just walking up to an event and walking in the door and getting in without pre-registering. I wouldn't count on that. The other side of this is, is that some locations uh, we're still light in attendance because uh, because the word hasn't gotten out to everybody who would like to attend an event. Listen, we're going to talk about this more in just a minute, but promotions is an important part of the program. It's probably one of the most important parts of the program right now is the promoting uh, of the Appleseed Project, making sure that the folks out there understand uh, what we're doing it, where we're doing it, and when they can come. There are millions, literally millions of folks who would like to come to an Appleseed event. The only reason they're not coming right now is because they don't know about it. Otherwise, they would be on their way. So how can we fix this? And the answer is we need you guys to help us get the word out. Uh, we'll be talking about promotions in just a minute. But that's what you guys, the rest of the guys, that uh, while I'm going through this list, be listening to it so that you can know uh, that you've got a hand in this too. You're not just listening to this, uh, to the listing of events. Uh, and when I stop, it's over for you. You're listening to the events so that you can find the locations that are near you and help get the word out about them. Okay, let's get this started. The next weekend, the upcoming weekend, is October 2nd and 3rd. That's going to start out in Course Gold, California, followed by Red Bluff, California, Gunnison, Colorado, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Pensacola, 
Florida, Waco, Georgia, Montrose, Iowa, Waterman, Illinois, Atlanta, Indiana, Columbia, Maine, Fenton, Michigan, Duluth, Minnesota, Bates City, Missouri, DeSoto, Missouri, Ramsar, North Carolina, Lima, Ohio, Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, Manchester, Tennessee, Atlanta, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Proctor, Vermont, Racine, Wisconsin, Beckley, West Virginia. That will bring us to the October 9th and 10th weekend, which starts out in Columbiana, Alabama. That's uh, right uh, near Greenbow. Followed by Sunland, California, Eureka, California, Bonfield, Illinois, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Kansas, Shreveport, Louisiana, Annapolis, Maryland, Canton, Mississippi, Broken Bow, Nebraska, Roswell, New Mexico, Messina, New York, Miamisburg, Ohio, El Reno, Oklahoma, Lobelville, Tennessee, Lodi, Wisconsin, Buckeye, Arizona starts out the October 16th and 17th weekend. That's followed by Sacramento, California, Piru, California, Mariposa, California, Corona, California, St. Augustine, Florida, Augusta, Georgia, Shenandoah, Iowa, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Clinton, Illinois, Bedford, Indiana, Wabash, Indiana, Eureka, Kansas, North Fayetteville, North Carolina, Rio Rancho, New Mexico, Boulder City, Nevada, Gibsonburg, Ohio, Athens, Ohio, the 16th and 17th is a ladies-only event. Athens, Ohio, the 16th and 17th is a ladies-only event. Uh, if, you're a, uh, if you're a female and you would like to attend a rifle marksmanship event, first of all, there's not going to be any charge for this. Uh, we're still running the female shoot free this year. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to uh, continue on. This, this, it might be the end of it this year. I don't know. Uh, that's still being discussed. So uh, if I were you, if I were a female, <laughs> then I would, uh, I would certainly think about attending an event in 2010. And if I were a female that, uh, that didn't want to be bothered by a bunch of guys while I was trying to learn to shoot, then I would certainly pick a ladies-only event. And if I was a female wanting to learn how to shoot and didn't want to be bothered by a bunch of guys and I lived in Ohio or Indiana, Illinois, then I would go to the Athens, Ohio, October 16th and 17th shoot. And I would set uh, all of my prerequisites. So, ladies, you're going to shoot free, and uh, this is going to be a ladies-only event. Athens, Ohio, October 16th and 17th. You're still going to need to pre-register. Even though you're shooting free, you still need to pre-register because there's going to be a cutoff limit and the number of attendees that can attend. So make sure you pre-register. Okay, that's followed still the October 16th to 17th weekend by Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Fredericksburg, Texas, Corpus Christi, Texas, Gordon, Wisconsin, Niagara, Wisconsin, that brings us to the October 23rd and 24th weekend. That's going to start out in Rainbow, California, followed by Glen Helen, California, Azusa, California, Lemoore, California, New Smyrna Beach, Florida, Mayaka City, Florida, Tocoa, Georgia, 
Ottawa, Illinois, Cloverdale, Indiana, Evansville, Indiana, North Porter County, Indiana. This is a one-day event. Uh, for those of you that uh, that haven't heard, uh, we've instituted one-day shoots. <clears throat> this helps out in a lot of different ways. A lot of ranges are unwilling to give us uh, two full days on their ranges for fear of alienating clients, etc. And so we've gone to the one-day events. <clears throat> this is not a, a lot different than <clears throat> what we used to do with the minis, other than it is now formalized and scheduled as a full one-day event with uh, all of the things listed in it. You can look at the, on the forum for all of the uh, uh, for the criteria that a one-day shoot needs. Uh, but if you only have one day uh, to, to attend an event, and we're, I'm always going to suggest that you attend a Saturday event because that's where we put all the information uh, in for you. But if you only have one day or if you can only get one day from a range, we now have the one-day events. And this one here is going to be in North Porter County, Indiana, October 23rd, which is the Saturday. It's going to be followed by Knob Creek, Kentucky, October 23rd and 24th, Boaz, Kentucky, Carrollton, Kentucky, Sherburn, Louisiana, uh, Harvard, Massachusetts, Osage Beach, Missouri, Grand Island, Nebraska, Calverton, New York, Afton, Oklahoma, Anderson, South Carolina, College Station, Texas, Davila, Texas, Amarillo, Texas, Buckingham, Virginia, Castle Rock, Washington, Van Dyne, Wisconsin, Clinton, Arkansas. Starts the October 30th, 31st weekend. Followed by Kingman, Arizona, Dozura, California, Castro Valley, California, Rama, Colorado, Wallingford, Connecticut, Hernando County, Florida, Nampa, Idaho, Lapeer, Michigan, Hinkley, Minnesota, Ramsar, North Carolina, Gardnerville, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, Athens, Ohio, Bristol, Wisconsin, Stinson, West Virginia. Okay, that's a full uh, a full month there for us. I, I didn't count these up before I before I listed them. Someone will will uh, someone there who's in the chat room. Somebody's listening. Will you count the number of events for the uh, for October, and then post them in the chat so that I can read them because. Uh, that's a lot of events. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> we've got uh <clears throat> we've got a ton of stuff to get out. <clears throat> and uh I'm gonna bring some of the folks, uh some of my radio partners here on uh uh onto the air with me, uh to give me a hand with this. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is drying out. I've had a long day of uh, breathing in uh, hay dust. <clears throat> Sam, welcome to the show. Evening, Scout. Uh, how are you doing like this evening? Pretty good, pretty good. Took a little time off from rebuilding my car engine so we can listen to the show and see what's going on. All right, well, listen, give us a quick rundown in New Mexico while I take a drink of water. Okay. Well, New Mexico's got a shoot scheduled, uh, at least one every month till January, and in a couple of months we have two. We're going to be doing shoots in uh, 
Alamogordo will be in January, Roswell in December, Carlsbad in November, and we'll be shooting in Albuquerque in November at the City Range. In October, we're going to be shooting in Roswell and at the Albuquerque City Range. And we may have a, a full-distance affair for instructors uh, in early October if we have an opportunity. That still hasn't worked out yet. All of those are going to make a pretty fair schedule for us. We're working hard to get some uh, some more shoot bosses qualified so we can cover a little more territory. We've got a new state coordinator out there, Dev No, who's got some, some ambition, and he's working hard to get things rolling. And I think we're going to have a very fine, successful end for 2010, beginning of 2011. Okay. That sounds great. Now, when uh, uh, I asked uh, I asked Hawk to call in, and uh, I also would like uh, B9. B9, if you're still here, uh, I don't see him. I don't know if he drifted off or if I scared him because I asked him, uh, I said I wanted him to give the the winter seat update. Listen, uh, Ed, if you're if you are still listening, would you uh, call back in so that you can give us a rundown on the winter seed? Sam, when are you going to start? When you are you guys going to start getting snow there? Well, uh, up north, it's already started in a couple of places. Uh, Raton will start getting snowed in at the end of October, but it's closed out till January anyhow for hunting season. Albuquerque. They may get some snow in the end of November, uh, certainly a little bit by December. Roswell, Carlsbad, Alamogordo, we get one day of snow every year. But it is guaranteed to happen on Appleseed Day. It's guaranteed. Right, right, exactly. And we love it, too. We get the same thing here. Guaranteed. Uh, Two ways for me to get rain here, even in a drought. One is to uh, is to leave uh, my toolbox and my welding rods and stuff out, and the other way is to schedule an apple seed. <clears throat> Either way, I'm, I'm guaranteed to get rain even in a drought. Well, listen, I asked the folks earlier if they would count up the events for October, and uh, they posted them now. It looks like 104 events for the month of October, 104 events, which is great, and that should be the norm, right? That should be the norm. That means we should be doing 1,200 events on a normal, uh, uh, through the course of this year, 1,200 events. Uh, and we're well on the way toward our 1,000. But I'm going to tell you guys, we're going to need some help in making sure uh, that we that we make that goal. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to bring some other folks uh, on with us, Sam. And uh, so stop building whatever you're building. Uh, hold on just a second. Okay. I'll stop putting the piston rings on. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because we can hear every every wrench turning uh, on your phone. <laughs> your phone, and I've had several requests from people wanting to know where they could get your phone, get a phone like yours, because uh, it was the loudest phone with the, the, the most amazing pickup. Uh, we could hear a goose at 100 yards at your house. And uh, and your voice was puncturing our eardrums. So I think a lot of people have wanted to to know where they could get a phone like yours. 
Well, that's the Verizon old folks model. <laughs> it All is. Right. Uh, Hawk, <laughs> I think I got you now. Uh, welcome to the show, Hawk. And do I, do I, did I open your number? 812-334. No, that's, oh, that's Tecris. Okay. All right. Well, Tecris, welcome to the show. And listen, I'm going to bring on, before you, before you start the... Uh, before you start talking, I'm going to bring on, uh, I believe this is Moggett, area code 608. Is that right, or am I am I messed up on my numbers again? 608-469. Hey, Scout, it's the Rimshot in Indiana. It's not Moggett. Okay. I'm just tuning in on my drive home. Okay. Well, uh, you, what, you're saying you don't have anything to say? We want you to say something. You don't Give want us to a quick rundown on, on, on what's that? You don't want to get me started. I'll talk all night. I think I'll let Tech Res and Hawk take the stage tonight. Well, all right. Well, I'm I'm, I'm not going to hang up on you. I'll just uh, close the mic and we'll we'll get back to you in a minute. Okay, Tech Res, let's go full throttle. All right. Well, you brought up Project One Thousand. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping everybody takes the opportunity during the radio show to run out to the Project One Thousand map and take a look on how the states are doing. I'm noticing New Mexico's gone green, and uh, Florida and Wisconsin, and, you know, everybody's, looks like most of the states are adding numbers on quickly, and uh, it's pretty cool to watch the different regions. I mean, southeast is just blowing away everybody, and, uh, you know, Great Lakes is trailing behind mid-Atlantic right now, and, uh, you yeah, know, it's kind of fun to watch the whole thing go on, and we broke the 750 mark. Now we got to break the eight, and we got to break the nine, and just keep going. And it's getting there. It's uh, we're just having to work at it. Look at, I mean, all these stars show different states that put on shoots just this last week, and uh, it's fired up. We need more, but it's getting there. Right, and it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. I'm telling you, it's a lot by any standard. It's five times the number. What we need now, we still need five times the number of events than we did the first year. So. It is a lot in one way. The other way is it's not a lot. You've got 48 states. You've got 48 states. Uh, if each state put on five events between now and uh, December 31st, we still make our goal. And I know that, each, that some of the states are not going to be able to add five, but some are going to be able to add six or seven. So it's still not an unrealistic uh, goal to shoot for, and it's, it's still a very easily uh, – all right, I'm not even going to try and make that one uh, fly. It's still a goal that we can achieve. I won't say very easily because it's going to take some effort. Uh, we just had a meeting, uh, let's see, at the beginning of the week. Uh, no, at the end of the week last week we had a meeting here uh, about that. And uh, and and we're we're doing the best that we can. Uh, we've added uh, altogether. We've added almost 32 events, but uh, some of them we're not going to be able to take uh, credit for, even though we're still going to have to do them. Uh, we're not going to be able to take credit for them because they're in other states. Uh, but we're still we set them up and we're sending our guys over to do them. But uh, those states have a quota that they're responsible for, so uh, it's going to be tough. But there's, 
there's also no reason that we cannot do this. Uh, if you, as you, if you're listening tonight, talk to you. If you're the state coordinator, uh, even if you're not, talk to your state coordinator and ask that question: Where can we get another event? Where can we put another one on the schedule at? Even if you only have two places to have events, there's no reason uh, you can't double up in a month. If you can get the range to okay it, go ahead and double up. Mm-hmm. Uh, have another event at that location during that same month. What else you got for us, Tech? Well, and 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 also I will I will mention this. We intentionally put the regions up, not only to remind people that you know, just like we have state coordinators, we got regional coordinators, and and we really do have a, a way that we we structure ourselves and our business and all, but also because we also have. A, uh, you know, we do help each other out. I mean, I'm I'm going to head up to Michigan and get to watch a great crew in Michigan uh, do their thing. You know, sure they're going to call me shoot boss, but mostly I'm going to watch them work. And uh, you know, we we get to border raid all the time and uh, get to meet each other and watch each other and help each other. And uh, you know, that's part of of why we put up the region so we could watch each other and you know have some healthy competition and and have some fun with this. But uh, in addition to Project 1000, we do have Winter Seed. Uh, word from Fred is he actually has them, the new patches in the box. Uh, if I remember the last PM I got from him, so, uh, you know, schedule those shoots so that you can get those shoot boxes because those shoot boxes are going to have some pretty cool stuff in them as far as the patches are concerned. And, uh, you know, get ready to have some fun. Give us a rundown on the... Uh on who's going to qualify for the winter seed patches? Um, basically, um, you know, there, there's still a little bit of debate. You know how there's always healthy debate in the program. Um, but, you know, it'd be nice if we saw some snow on the ground to make it a winter seed shoot. But uh, I, I think that I think the, the, the background debate is still going on on that. But uh, the key element is, you know, patches are fun, rockers are fun, shoot jackets are fun. The main reason we're doing this, uh, the main reason is to help us not let ourselves go dormant over the winter. We're not bears. We're not, you know, an animal that goes to sleep. You know, we're the descendants of Fally Forge. You never stop. There's work to be done. We keep going. Uh, for me and, you know, from the, the kind of people I come from, there's also that, you know, that kind of fun, hey, you know what? It would be fun to go see how my rifle is going to fail in the ice or the snow, or or go see what it's like when when my fingers feeling a little bit numb, or any number. And and I know some of the guys from some of the states like Wisconsin. You know that is uh, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be completely normal for them. Uh, from those of us uh, down in Indiana, we we've done it both ways, but we just need to do it more. And, uh, you know, for you guys down in Texas, does it ever snow down there? I mean, you guys are always 150 degrees, right? Uh, well, usually about that, but there's there's really no telling. I mean, uh, the way that they – the way weather is described here is that uh, only fools or Yankees try and predict weather in Texas. And I'm, okay. I'm, sure that you, I'm sure that you guys have the same kind of – saying up there, just uh, changing the regionalisms yeah. on it, but uh, it can be, 
there have been many Christmases that I've spent in shorts and T-shirts, and uh, and then there have been uh, uh, we'll, we'll get snow every once in a while. You know, it's that nice. Uh, uh, you will get maybe an inch, two inches at the most. Uh, the kind where you have to roll up a dirty leaf-filled snowman, uh, you know, to make it stick, uh, or black ice or stuff like that. But more than that, what we usually get, uh, and my uh, my plea for the the patch would be, uh, if we get uh, if we get uh, within ten to fifteen degrees of uh, freezing uh, and it's raining. Then, uh, oh man, that's I think that would qualify. I think that oh, would qualify too. Yeah, that's what we'll normally normally oh, get. Oh, I, I tell uh, you, I'd rather shoot in the cold and the snow and the really cold and the really snow than the slosh. That's right. Worst. But uh, but in, you know, in addition to that, for me, there is a real fun. Yeah, I'm I'm of that that background that I'm always interested to see. You know, where will my gear fail? Where will you know, where will I learn something new? And uh, shooting in different conditions teaches you a whole lot about your stuff. And uh, it's a whole different kind of fun, too. And you really appreciate the campfire. So Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, we did a, uh, well, we had a shoot, uh, seems like it, uh, seems like it was years ago now, but it was just, uh, really wasn't that long ago. You know, I tell folks that the when I think about the Appleseed project and I think about uh, looking back over things that have been done and stuff, sometimes it seems like it's been 15 or 20 years because an Appleseed year is like a dog year, you know. Uh, every Appleseed year is like uh, seven or eight human years. Uh, but we did an event, uh, it must have been in March maybe, that was uh, just ice cold and raining the whole time, and uh, when everybody huddled up under a uh, like one of those triple size uh, canopies and a 55 gallon drum and the fire going to try and keep uh, our fingers uh, workable, because when it gets down to uh, a pretty low temperature and you're soaking wet, then uh, that's when it starts getting rough. But you know, at the same time. That's one of the things that I do love about the program is that we don't stop. We don't pack up our stuff and go home when the weather, when we have inclement weather. And the attendees don't either. Some of them will. Some of, some of them will have decided that they don't have enough or that they've had enough of uh, the weather. But the majority of folks tough it out. They tough it out. And i got to tell you, when it's been raining all weekend, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and you've been shooting in the rain, uh, even when you had to go out uh, and and put up new AQTs before you're finished because they got waterlogged and they started uh, disintegrating before you could finish it. When those guys, when we're doing the benediction on Sunday, i got to tell you, my heart just swells with pride because these are folks who have, who have gone out into the, the weather and it could be it could be cold and rain, or it could be uh, uh, 108 degrees uh, with a 130 uh, degree heat index. Uh, it could be snow uh, up north, etc. Because all of you, we've all seen it. We've all seen these folks. 
go through the whole weekend and still be standing there at dusk on Sunday for the benediction after they've been through uh, both days of this. And and i got to tell you, like I said, I, my heart just swells with pride uh, when I'm speaking to those folks. Yeah, we've all seen it. I mean, I, I've, I'll never forget one particular shootout with Shoot Boston where Sunday was an attrition, and uh, you know, everybody who went to the bathroom, some of them didn't come back. And uh, <laughs> the last time we put the bathrooms near the cars, but uh, the uh, you know the ones who stuck it out. The team I remember the most was this this 11 year old boy and his dad, both who had rifles they'd never shot before, both who were had rifles that were a lot for them to manage. Um, literally, they were just learning how to hold on to them and 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 ride them out. They were they were big time center fires. And, uh, you know, both of them rode the wet weather out in garbage bags that they were wearing over them, and they stuck with it. And, uh, you know, we had a small benediction at the end, but those two understood it, and those two got it. And uh, I remember the two of them. They, you know, they really stuck it out. i got to give them credit. And some of the guys who had really fancy-dancy gear bailed a lot earlier. And uh, and so it was something to remember. Um, one other thing I will mention about winter seed, though, that's really important is winter seeds for, in one way is about fun, in one way is about numbers, but there's another really key element to winter seed, which is this is the time for us to be getting our cadre built up, for our instructors built up, to get our orange hats going a little bit on the red, if not all the way to the red side. Because when we roll out of the winter, we hit spring running and running fast. We need to be ready for April 19th next year. we got to be ready for that April weekend. And winter seed is the time that we're getting ready for that. Yes. Yes, exactly. And and we've spoken about this in the last couple of weeks. And that is, uh, you, well, you can't, we can't any longer, we can't be waiting until January or February uh to start preparing for the April events. I mean, we're actually, if you're not already, if you're not preparing now, or you're not already almost prepared for the uh, April 19th events, then you're about six months behind. Uh, and we need to we need to do the catch-up work now. And and the the whole process for the organization is, has been a big learning. Uh, curve, and we're learning uh, what we need to do, how we need to do it, uh, and it's you know it's taking a little bit of of work to figure that out. <clears throat> but we're coming up on the 2011 year, and Project uh, 1000 is the uh, is the uh, is part of the prep for the 2011 year, and just like uh, Chuck said. <clears throat> Winter can't be wasted. Uh, for most of you guys that are up in the winter in the heavy snow areas, etc., you've been living there. Snow is nothing new to you. You got to function in it every day anyway. Uh, that's one of the reasons I live in Texas, uh, so I don't have to. But a lot of you guys are functioning in it anyway. There's no reason that you can't uh, uh, treat it. Uh, uh, just like a regular occurrence, get out there, 
schedule the events, get out there, stomp a lane down to your target, and shoot in the snow. Find out uh, what it takes to shoot in the snow. And while you're doing this, uh, while we're going through this winter, going through the winter seed and getting ready, that's the time that you have to be getting everything ready for, for the 2011 year. You've got to be making sure that your instructors are good to go, that those IIT3s and 4s that you got right now, and uh, for those of you that uh, are new to the program, uh, the Appleseed Instructors Program, uh, you know, has a, uh, it, we have a training program for our instructors, and uh, the instructors go through a, a training program where they're listed as an instructor in training uh, one, two, three, four, and then uh, full instructor for uh, uh, the program. So those uh, instructors training uh, two, three, fours that you have now, you should be working as hard as you can, getting them to work as hard as they can so they are good to go. So they're going to be red hats starting out uh, in 2011 because we're going to need red hats uh, to shoot boss the event in 2011. We can bring in new IITs to help them out at the events, but we're going to have to have red hats for shoot bosses for these events. So be looking right now, be looking at what you're going to be doing uh, in 2011. Go ahead and schedule the shoots. Get the shoots on the books, but be looking at your instructor cadre and getting them ready, getting them ready, taking a look at the, at the numbers and see what it's going to take for uh, you to double the number of shoots that you did last year in April, see what's going to take uh, as far as what you're going to need for instructors. When you double the list of the uh, number of events that you did last year on April, see how many instructors and how many locations it's going to take you for the 2011 year and start getting it planned out now, getting it prepped out now, getting the uh, location sent in, the instructors on the schedule, getting it done now. Uh, we would it would be it might be smart for people to be thinking that uh one of the things you can do in December and January um is you know that's the perfect IBC time in prep for April. Now it, and especially if if you're dealing with weather that's so inclement you got to go indoors and you don't have indoor ranges, well there's some IBC in work you could do. There's some promotional work you can do. There's all sorts of stuff we can be doing in the winter, but the the years of us going dormant in in you know December through February you know are over. Right, and you uh, you touch on a very important subject, I think, and that's the IBCs. Now we had a big discussion on this here in Texas, and uh, uh, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but I will tell you this much: that we've uh, we've pretty much come to the conclusion that in order for you to in order for us here in Texas, uh, for us to feel that you are uh, good to go for your red hat, then we're going to need to see you at an RBC or an IBC uh, before we're going to probably, before we're going to okay it. Because the IBCs are the only places that we can see every instructor do every part of the instruction and uh, and make sure that they're good to go on it. Uh, whenever you're doing the PCs and stuff at the events or you've got a 
instructor who's learning on the trail, that's good. But you're only going to see little slices of it at a time. You're not going to be able to see them do every single part of it. But in IBC, you can. In IBC, you can see every uh, every part of the instruction. You can see them give every part of the instruction. You can find out any places that uh, they're weak or uh, or give them a chance to do all of the instruction. So the IBCs are going to be very critical uh, in, for the whole program uh, in the upcoming, the next uh, uh, four or five months. <clears throat> Making sure that all of your instructors, and uh, we've even, uh, we're even asking all of the Red Hats to come in uh, for the IBCs because uh, everybody uh, can use a tune-up and uh, the best place to get it is at an IBC. Not everybody can make an RBC, and the RBCs are still pretty much, uh, uh, the locations and dates are still pretty slim. But an IBC doesn't really even require a shooting range. So you can have an IBC uh, right in somebody's living room. Uh, I did that at, uh, in New Mexico. Sam was there. We did it in uh, Tiles Glock and Blue Feather's living room. And, sure they did. So uh, the IBCs are extremely critical. If you guys don't have one set up, please look at your – talk to your instructors and uh, please get one set up in the next couple of months for your state to try and run the uh, your instructors through it. Uh, like Tech says, this is going to be very critical uh, to the success of the program. Make sure that all the instructors are squared away. On all the instruction, make sure that they knew that they know of any changes that need to be made, etc., and that they're good to go. And uh, and like I said, this is uh, this is something that can be done in the uh, in the warmth and safety uh, indoors. Now you're not, you don't even have to be outdoors for this to get done. <clears throat> okay, what else we got? Those are the biggest things right now. Um that that I'm personally involved with, uh, you know, we're we're still uh, attracting mixed attention from the media, and it's uh, it's always interesting. Uh, um, you know, you've been dealing with them lately. We had a little article come out today that somebody posted up in the uh, in the uh, chat room, and as usual, we get uh, a little bit this way, a little bit that way. People still scratching their heads, trying to understand us, and pigeonhole us this way or that. And uh, all you know, all press is good press. So, Let me give you uh, an update on the uh, on the Texas uh, stuff. Is uh, the reporter called and said that uh, the videographer uh, he'd been called out uh, on location for a shoot, so that had put theirs behind. So she said it was about ten days behind from last Thursday. So that makes it. Uh, Let's see. That makes it a Monday or Tuesday of next week, and I'll post it up so that people can, uh, so that uh, people can take a look at it when it comes up. The uh, that was the September 18th and 19th event here in Davila, Texas, covered by ABC uh, Channel 8 out of uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. <clears throat> so that's the update on that. I, I forgot to. Uh, to mention that. So if folks were looking for it last Thursday, uh, it's just been held back for 10 days till he gets back. We, uh, we, uh, we finally got the, uh, the French press put out their, uh, 
their video of us, and that um, was remarkably well done. And, uh, you know, we're impressed with with constantly those who come and actually pay attention and, and are part of it generally uh, generally get the point, and, and we do quite well. Uh, I do have to tell the listeners that uh, you, Scout, have a, uh, a very funny sense of humor sometimes uh, when you're telling us how uh, how things went for your uh, your interview. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, for for those of you that uh, that don't know, I'm not going to go into the details of it because uh, it, it scares me even now thinking about it. But uh, but I did post uh, the weekend, I think on Monday or something. I I put a post up uh, on how the the weekend event went, and uh, and I didn't say that it wasn't true. Uh, I just uh, posted a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, we're in the whole gamut: it aliens, fire, voodoo first. dolls. You know. Yeah, April Fool's Day, uh, yeah. come early, I have ever seen on our website, and I must congratulate you. And I think I fell out of my chair. So uh, <laughs> much appreciated. Well, and, part of that was, was uh, you know, that was part of that was me making sure that, uh, see, once I posted that story, uh, then I felt that no matter how, how good or bad the interview went, it would still look okay, right, uh, after, <laughs> after that, you know, as it, it was pretty rough. Now let's talk about something real quick. Sure. Uh, well, actually, let me uh, let me take a look and see if uh, if Moggett has called in yet. She said she had uh, a couple more phone calls to make and then she would call me because I'd like to bring her into this uh, discussion too. <clears throat> and uh, that is okay. Let me check this right here. <clears throat> All right, uh, area code 617. Mark, is that you? 617-519? No? Okay. All right, well, she's going to call in in just a moment, but uh, let's just go over something real quick here. And uh, and that is, let's talk to the folks real quick about uh, some of the stuff that's going on uh, within the program. Uh, and let me set it off. Let me set off some of the uh, the history or some of the groundwork for this by saying that uh, when the program first started, you know, we had a uh, a group of, of individuals that were uh, that were kind of guiding the program, and uh, that was the steering committee. And uh, uh, and the steering committee was good uh, at the time for what it was doing when there was only uh, when there was a smaller amount of folks, shoots, et cetera, and stuff to get done. But just like any organization, uh, you know, as you grow, you have to molt and you have to uh, you have to expand and adapt to your environment, to what's going on. And uh, the steering committee uh, had basically served its purpose and gotten it to where it was going. And at the same time, there was a parallel program uh, running up in the in the Alpsy project. Uh, called the WL program, and uh, this is a training program, a leadership program uh, that was instituted to help get folks. Uh, it's just a a, uh, a staff training program, getting folks to understand uh, what they needed to do, uh, where they needed to uh, to fill the jobs that we needed, how to uh, become leaders in the program. And uh, that has brought in the WL3, and uh, and WL3 has been expanding 
uh, in order to fill the needs of the program. It's got a great group of folks in there, and uh, and now uh, the we're getting ready to go into the next uh, level of the uh, WL program. So why don't we talk about that just for a minute, just so folks will. A lot of folks don't under, They still don't understand what. Uh, uh, how the program has grown and, and how it's changing and how leadership is being uh, decided, et cetera. So let's talk about that just for a moment so that uh, folks can have a better understanding uh, of what's going on. People still don't understand uh, what WL3 is or what any of the WL levels, there's one, two, and three, and uh, what's coming next out of that. Sure. But the idea behind the whole thing was uh, – there's stuff that just has to get done. Some of it's always gotten done by the same people. You know, God bless Rifle Woman for the hard work she does, keeping everything rolling that she keeps rolling. You know, God help all the people who fill those shoot boxes and make sure they get to the right place on time. And, and there's a there's a hundred different projects like that that get done all the time, or else none of us would be running shoots. All of that happens in the background. Well... There's other things that have to happen, too. There's planning that has to take place. And in WL3, you know, one of the things that came out of was coming out of April uh, this year and thinking, you know, next year we got to have a real plan because up till this point we've had plans and we've done them, but we've never really spent a whole year just prepping like mad for next year. But we're getting so big we have to. We just have to because we're so enormous. And some people came together uh, under Fred uh, at Fred's, you know, invitation to put together groups to get jobs done that need to be done. A lot of them spun directly from Fred. Fred says, "Hey, these are the things I need to get done. Go get them done." And you know, they were organized into different areas. Uh, and different specialties, and we brought in, you know, a lot of different people from a lot of different areas. And uh, the idea was to have first you you start out at WL1 and you, you do a few jobs and see see how you do. And if you you really excel, boom, you know, you're up to the harder jobs. And then eventually you get up to the the highest level, uh, which is uh, the most difficult jobs and recruiting other people to do it. It's, it's like becoming a state coordinator or a shoot boss. You know, not only are you doing your job, but you're also organizing everybody doing the job, too. What we're doing now is we're preparing to roll out what's called WLX. Um, and all WLX is is realizing that there are more jobs that need done. Um, you know, we've, we've got – suddenly we have a real need to be very careful about media and to real, pay real careful attention. I mean, Scott, you've been doing this forever, but the rest of us are new at this. Um, and we need to all be ready for that and just a way for for people to think and practice and, and get ready and, and, you know, focus on that. We've got all sorts of things that, uh, you know, need to get done as far as, as training and stuff that, you know, operational stuff and administrative stuff. And some of our really hardest workers who've been around a long time, they need help. And they can't do this forever. The job's getting to be too big. Uh, and they've been trucking on a long, long time. And then there are new ideas that come in. You know, um, we fielded Apple Corps for the first time outside the state of Indiana at Waterman. It went really well. 
And, you know, by the end of the year, we're going to try to take that national for those states who are interested. And, um, you know, all of that requires uh, some national coordination and work and trying to make sense of it all and uh, keeping track of who's doing what where because otherwise we've gotten so big that it's hard to know what's going on in Indianapolis and what's going on in Tuscaloosa uh, right. unless there's coordination. The uh, You know, it's funny, you know, a group, you know, I used to read about these, these books where you talk about the way a church works when it's, you know, you know, 100 people to 400 people. But when it becomes 600 people, either it breaks apart, it becomes two small ones, and you do it the old way again, or you have to find a whole new way to do it because it's just too big. And you have and to step exactly, up to the next stage. That's exactly what has happened with the Appleseed uh, project, is that this is a natural progression. You had, uh, when, the, when the organization was smaller, then there was a small group of folks, and there really needed to be more than that, but it was just a small group of folks that were working uh, on the staff and administrative level. But that was when it was more like a club, uh, and we're far from that now. I mean, we are far, far, far from that. And we actually are way behind on setting up the administrative part. I, I wish that this would have been started from day one, but we are where we are, and uh, and we're, we're playing catch-up real quick, and thanks to uh, a lot of uh, really sharp people, really sharp, dedicated folks, <coughs> we're, we're going to make this happen. But this is a natural progression. I think that a lot of folks, uh, uh, a lot of the, the regular members and stuff didn't understand or they don't understand what's going on or why it's going on, but it is a natural progression. Whenever you, when an organization grows, just like you said, there is a, there's that breakover point at, uh, at the 600 uh, number for the church. Actually, I thought it was smaller. It might be. I, it's I'd, been years I'd, I'd heard about it before, but, but, but that sounds right now. It's the same way for any organization, and we were, we were getting by doing it the old way, uh, and, of course, uh, I don't have to tell you folks that a lot of the, the folks in Appleseed are, could probably be uh, classified as conservatives. You know, and conservatives don't like a, a lot of change at once. Uh, so we were probably we were able to get by with what we were doing, but we weren't able to grow anymore. And uh, this is a natural progression, and thank goodness it is, because... Uh, we're finding out a lot of uh, a lot of better ways to do stuff, and we're getting more and more people involved in it. And just like Techris was saying, <clears throat> there's room in the organization for everybody. We talked about this uh, last week or week before too. Is that uh, there are this is a this program is growing exponentially, and uh, I don't know that I've ever seen another organization that has grown as fast as this one. And there are positions available uh, for every single person in this program. Uh, matter of fact, it's not just, they're not just available. We, we need you to, to step up and say, hey, where can you put me? Because we have that many positions that are open and need filling. <clears throat> and uh, we're growing at a really fast rate. We're doing a great job, but 
we certainly need more folks to step up and and become part of the process of leadership in the program. And just like any other program, you can't have uh, uh, you can't have one person at one job that's going to be there forever. Uh, that person has to be. And we've talked about this before, even from the beginning of the program, uh, is that the minute you get a position, one of your first jobs should be finding your replacement and training them and uh, and getting them on ball with you. And, and that's what WL3 uh, is about. It's about bringing in the rest of the membership and getting them involved and getting them to take ownership of the program. Because unless you have ownership of the program – unless you feel that you have ownership in it, that you're making a difference, then there's always that uh, there's always that wall between you and your commitment to the program. But once you once you accept ownership of the program and you're involved in it, then uh, that brings out a whole new level of commitment. And uh, I know that we're seeing that more and more every day, right, Tech? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Here, here, we'll make a promise to you, too, that if you're worried that stepping up and taking a WLX position or, or volunteering for wherever there's a hole that, that needs, you know, an extra hand for a bucket, we will guarantee you that we won't take away any of your opportunity to shoot boss or instruct. You'll get to keep all of that. We won't reduce anything about what you're already doing. We'll just add to it. Exactly. That's the beauty of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the beauty of it. Exactly. Uh, they will certainly be glad to add to it. And and if you ever have a job you're working on and you have to say to uh, to whomever, hey, you know what, I'm going to get to that in a couple of days, but right now i got to prep for the shoot I'm doing this weekend to shoot boss or instructor or whatever, of course. Because everybody who works at that level are all still shoot bosses, you know, senior instructors or IITs or whatever, you know, it's it's not the you know any of these people aren't also on the ground. We're all still doing all that. We just said, hey, give me a little bit more. Uh, I, I see that Moggs is on the line there. If you can pick her up. Yep, she's. I just uh, I just opened the microphone. Moggett, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, Scout. <laughs> Hi, Scout. How are you doing? I'm well, dying, guys, obviously. We were just talking about uh, WL3 and the transitions and stuff, the new positions. And uh, I'm sure that most of you guys know that uh, uh, Moggett has been tasked with uh, with helping to ensure that the program uh, is running along as uh, as trouble-free as possible. And uh, personally, I think that she has been doing an absolutely fantastic job. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very uh, impressed with how things are going, uh, especially with you at the helm. So thank you. Margaret, for all the stuff that you've been doing. So jump right in the conversation and uh, and uh, hey, tell us what lot, uh, what's that. Well, thanks a lot for the for the uh, kind words, Scout. Always uh, always appreciated here. Um, yeah, uh, you know I second I second what Techres said. Um, uh, time to uh, we need we need a much expanded um, staff to run things. Things are moving extremely fast. Uh, I, I certainly can't keep up with things. Uh, I certainly can't keep up with things and work my day job, too. Uh, I barely made it during the summer when I wasn't doing much of anything, and, and uh, these days there's just no way. So, yeah, we need more help. We've got a couple of volunteers, um, 
and we're just beginning to bring those programs online slowly, uh, integrate people, and get folks working. Right, and we were just talking about uh, about the uh, the need for more folks and the need for, uh, for for more folks to become involved to to seek ownership uh, in the program, and that's really what we want you to do. We want you to take ownership of the program. This is your program. Uh, this is no this is uh, this is no longer a program that belongs to one person. Uh, Fred is still our uh, our furious leader, and uh, he still is, uh, <laughs> does a great job. He's a lot less furious than he used to be, believe me. But he's still our leader. <laughs> but he would he would tell you right right now today that the program belongs to the membership. It belongs to everybody who is involved in it. Don't sit around. This is no different than uh, than it's a, a microcosm of how we're trying to get you to understand your responsibility to the nation, and that is you have a responsibility to the program, too. You have a responsibility to become involved, to take ownership, and to seek out leadership in the program. And I'm telling you, if, if ever there was a time when the program needs you and how, and and it would be easy, if you're saying, look, I, I want to get involved with the program, not only that, but I want to, I want to become involved to the point where I can help, uh, I can help set how the program is going to function uh, in the future. How I can help set policy, help, how I can help determine uh, where the program is going, how it's going to get there, etc. Listen, it's wide open. It is wide open. It's ready for you to, uh, to volunteer and accept your responsibility and to take ownership of the program. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ready for you to jump in there and, uh, and take over uh, video editing, to take over... Uh, 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 graphics, etc. Uh, we're wide open, and uh, we're ready for you to jump in and become a part of the uh, of the organization in the leadership uh, uh, positions. And it's easy to do that. And uh, and Margaret, if you can just uh, give folks a quick uh, explanation of for the for the folks who are new listening or who 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 have not really taken the time to figure out how to get involved. Uh, what is the fastest route they can use to uh, become a, uh, a member of the staff and end up in a leadership position? Well, you uh, PM uh, Tech Reservoir, or potentially Fred, and tell us what you'd like to do. It's just that simple. Uh, and tell us what um, what sort of talents and skills you have. Uh, and uh, you know, it's it's just that simple. We will build WLX. Uh, according to the needs of the program, so we might not call everybody up all at once. There are some things we need faster than other things. Uh, but uh, I have a I have a collection of PNs now of uh, people with talents that run all you know run all the way from uh, web design um, you know into uh, technical writing. Uh, wish I had more people who did video editing, uh, and I'd send them off to help you. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're developing a list of people who have the skills and calling them up and slowly but surely getting things running now. Right, and and it is, it's, like you said, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be something that that is happening all at once. This is uh, just as much as we uh, are an instructional program for the people who come and attend the events. We're a training program for our members, and uh, that's what we're trying to do is we're establishing the WL, 
uh, functions as a training program to get folks to uh, to learn how to become leaders in the program. Now, a lot of people are, are good to go. They're already ready to go. They're CEOs of companies, or they like uh, like Moggett is a retired uh, colonel in the military. So these folks, uh, they have a big jump on a lot of the other folks because uh, uh, they're used to handling uh, and leading uh, large groups of folks. But uh, some people aren't, and some people need uh, some help in figuring it out. Well, we're there, and we're ready to help you figure it out. <clears throat> and uh, because we are a, a new and growing organization, we can't just – we can't flip on all the switches at once because all of our breakers are blow. All our heads will explode. So, yeah. well, trust me on that one. <laughs> so it's gonna it's it's not gonna go at uh, it's gonna go at breakneck speed. It is, but it may not seem like it to you. But I'm telling you, if the, if you want a position, uh, if you would like to to be in a leadership position, it's wide open right now. You send a PM to Moggett, Techris, or, or Fred. Uh, and best thing is probably to uh, just to put all their names up in there so they all get uh, a peek at this and say, here's what I'd like to do. How can I help out? Because I'm ready. I'm ready to help out. And I'm telling you, because I've seen this for years now, if you stand up, you hold your hand up, say, I'm willing to do this, and I can back up what I say and I can do it, then somebody's going to grab you by the shirt collar and uh, yank you up and put you uh, in a chair, uh, and you're going to be in the driver's seat for that position. <laughs> So, and then you're going to find out it, it isn't as yeah. much fun as you thought. <laughs> <laughs> right. And well, hey, Scout, isn't it true? Now, you're going to come help us, too, right? You've agreed that you'll come, you'll uh, lend your uh, gravitas to uh, our little efforts, right? Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. Certainly. I'm, yeah. I, I'll be glad to help so out I anywhere want, I can. Uh, I want I'm, the listeners out in Radio Land to know that Scout is coming with us. We are a class organization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to do what I can. I'm working. Uh, I'm working extra hard here in Texas because uh, uh, I'm. We've got a lot of programs that uh, that we're actually uh, that we're trying out. We're experimenting on here in Texas first. I've decided that. Uh, there's a lot of things that we that I think would be good for the program, and we're gonna sh- we're gonna give them a run here in Texas, and then uh, and then we can let the folks know how it's working or not working, etc. But uh, yes, I, I've uh, over the last couple of years, as much as I uh, and Fred told me the other day, he said, "Well, you know, you've been uh, I don't remember how he put it, but he said something like uh, because I liked working with the media so much." And uh, promotions, and I said, "Well, you know what? I, I really don't like it. Uh, I've just—it's just that there was there was no alternative to it. Uh, you know, I had to figure it out. I had to do it. And uh, I got to tell you guys, listen, if you think it's hard now, try being uh, try being the only person in the promotions department. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That can uh, that can cause you to really." Uh, pull your hair out. And listen, while we're talking about that real quick, I, I just wanted to add, too, and this is a note for uh, more for staff and uh, leadership positions, is that <clears throat> just uh, when a while ago when I was talking about when you get a job, the first your first task should be finding your replacement and getting them up to speed because that really should be one of your first jobs. At the same time, we want to make sure that once you get in a leadership position, 
that you fulfill uh, the duties of that position by leading, not by doing, but by leading. And by that, I mean uh, one of the things that I always found hard to do uh, for two reasons. One, the it was hard to get volunteers in the early days, and it's still hard to get them uh, at times. But the one of the thing, one of the problems I used to have is I would put out a, a a request for a volunteer, and if I didn't get them, I would just say okay, and I would add it to my list of things to do. Well, as we all know, uh, without some type of uh, uh, archaic Chinese algorithm uh, that could expand and distort time, you have a, a very finite amount of time in the day. And uh, just like you were talking about earlier, Mog, that most of us, all of us really, already have yeah. jobs. We already have jobs. We already, we're already, we, we're already living a life. It was pretty much filled up. I'm no different than anybody <laughs> else. I don't have, uh, uh, I don't have, I'm not independently wealthy. I don't have uh, uh, infinite amount of free time. Nobody does. Everybody is basically in the same boat uh, as far as having time constraints. So that means you have to be very frugal with your time. You have to uh, make sure that you are delegating things. And that's a good way, too, to draw other folks into the program is by, uh, giving them a task and saying, look, I, I need you to do this thing, this one thing for me, and uh, and it's very important, and making them understand that they are important to the program and getting them to, uh, drawing them into the leadership uh, uh, and working level uh, sections of the program. But you can't do it all yourself, uh, and I know, uh, I know, Moggett, you know that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I sure do. Uh, <laughs> because the the amount of work, uh, and I know that people a lot of times, uh, I used to always laugh because they would say, well, we want more help or we want more work out of national. And uh, uh, I would say, you know, I don't know what you think national is, but there's there's just like three people up here, you know, working full-time <laughs> jobs already. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. some huge... Uh, organization that it's a, it's no different than you and and most everybody and they still do already have a full set of uh regular responsibilities just like tech was saying uh most of us well all of us all of us that i know of in leadership are already shoot bosses uh red hats uh senior instructors etc and we're, everybody's already running their shoots the majority of the uh, of the achievers in the program are running uh, between a dozen and two dozen shoots a year, uh, and we're adding in uh, working uh, on the pro- on the projects that national needs in addition to this. <clears throat> so we want to try and make sure that we can get as many people brought in uh, to the uh, WL program and get them to and make sure that we're delegating. And I still find it harder to do, but make sure that you're delegating uh, your responsibilities in order to help train them and help take uh, the load off your shoulders. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, um, we really, really need to get more mentoring going uh, and just really need to concentrate on that stuff. It's a, I tell you, I look at what's going to happen next year, and I'm like, holy cow. 
we thought this year was bad. And Fred's always saying, uh, this is the easy year, because wait till next year. <laughs> Holy cow. Right. Right. Yeah. And and we're going to have to, uh, before, in the recent history of the program, uh, nobody paid a lot of attention to numbers, and by that I don't mean that they weren't saying, "Look, these numbers are important," or "This goal, this no- goal is important for next year, etc." I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you have a a certain size, just like Tech was talking about earlier, when the church is at uh, two or three hundred members, uh, it functions at a vastly different uh, uh, in a vastly different way than it does when it tops six, seven, or eight hundred. The same with this program, and we weren't that worried about dealing with numbers and statistical information, et cetera, earlier. But now that is going to be a, a huge part of whether we're successful or not is understanding uh, what the numbers are, are going to mean to us in the coming year. <clears throat> I've done a little bit of this, and I know I was talking to Fred the other day, and I know that uh, – uh, WL is working out uh, statistical uh, services, but uh, just uh, when I was running numbers the other day, I believe I came up with, uh, let's see, I'd have to look at my notes again, but I believe it's 16,000, between 16,000 and 22,000 instructor units for the coming year. And that, yep. uh, and it would be an instructor unit being one uh, eight to ten hour day. So 22,000 uh, instructor units for the coming year is what I, is what my numbers uh, were showing. And that is a lot of instructor units. So I can't tell you guys how important it is. We can't emphasize enough how important it is that, that you're working right now, right today, uh, on getting yourself ready for the coming year. And right now, I've been looking at some of the data for the last few weeks, for the last month, and talking to a lot of folks. And one of the things I've noticed, too, is that the program runs in cycles. You know, you'll run in, we'll run in these, uh, like, sine wave cycles. And right, right now, we're at the bottom of a, of a wave. And... Uh, and I have seen it happen before. I don't remember if it if the if the bottoms are of the way of the waves are at the same place or not. But right now we're at the bottom of a wave, and that means that there are a lot of uh, a lot of shoots that uh, that still need uh, staffing. There are a lot of events that still need to be added. But at the end of the summers, it seems like a lot of the folks are are in a, uh, like they have their engines in an idling mode. And uh, that's the absolute opposite of what we need right now. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> we'd love to get to the day where everything runs smoothly and we have strategic planning going on all the time. And, and you know, we can see 18, 18 or 24 months out ahead. That would be great. Uh, right. But uh, the reality is we are lucky to see things. About 90 days is my window. 
Right. About 90 days is my window, and, and uh, for big events, maybe six months. But, uh, wow, you know, and it's just, it just it goes a break next to Well, it's been, uh, I'm sure that if you, if you were to compare it to, say, your service uh, yeah. with the military, it's a lot different because, uh, because this organization hasn't been running for 234 years. So, so it's not, uh, it's not, uh, the kinks haven't been worked out. Now, I know from my experience in the military, it was, it was a bit, uh, like this. You know, you, you, you can see things out to a certain point, but they don't come into focus until they get closer. And, uh, you know, there were certain things you could count on, like in the military. There were certain things you could count on, like annual, uh, field training exercises, etc. But even those didn't get, uh, they didn't come into sharp relief until they were within like a, uh, a 90 to 180 day uh, range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I totally, I totally agree. Uh, and um, it was do the best we can, but I am really excited to see WLX come up. Uh, really excited to see more people become involved. And uh, really excited to see them talk about what they're doing to the folks they work with on shoots, you know. I mean, you get up to get involved in stuff like that, and the thing you need most is you want to you want to hear from other people. You want to talk to them about it. So uh, I'd be interested to see how that works out. That should uh, that should be an interesting process. Well, just to recap <coughs> what, they, what we've talked about over the last few minutes, and that is, we gave a kind of a brief history of how uh, how the organization kind of started it out and started running. First, it was just Fred, and then uh, just a. Uh, and then two or three guys in the very, very beginning. <laughs> and then uh, back in, uh, I don't remember if it was the end of 2006 or the beginning of 2007, uh, we kind of formalized up with a steering committee. And then there was a group mm-hmm. of about uh, seven or eight folks that uh, that tried to uh, to do exactly what it says, which is steer the organization in a certain direction. Right. Uh, and that was good, except that, uh, that, that, that a steering committee is good for a small organization because, you know, the organization is basically uh, kind of driving itself and there's not a whole lot of moving parts and stuff like that. Uh, so all you need to do is kind of keep it uh, like a bumper car, keep it between the rails. All right, and we grew past that. Now we are a huge nationwide. We're truly a national organization now. And that caused us to outgrow uh, the steering committee method of uh, administering the organization, which led to WL process, and that was to to help uh, bring in, uh, to identify and bring in uh, leadership in the program. And that has worked out uh, very, very well. The folks who have decided that they want to become leaders of the program all they did is they stepped forward and they raised their hand, and they got sucked up like a vacuum into the uh, <laughs> into the process. The Fred vacuum. Yeah, exactly. The Fred vacuum. Yeah, I'll, tell yeah. You, I'll tell you a secret. If you really want to excel in this program, you want to get up to the highest levels fast, take the jobs nobody else wants. Oh, yeah. Don't take the yeah. choice ones. Don't take the ones everybody wants. Take the, uh, <laughs> the uh, crummy little ones, and uh, you will be noticed. <laughs> Those you, know, are the you will ones definitely to be noticed. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that uh, if you wanted to become the leader 
uh, of the Appleseed <laughs> program nationwide right now. All you have to do is say, uh, listen, Fred, I want to pack some boxes. And, uh, <laughs> and you could be the new Fred. <laughs> so that's, that's probably truer than that. Not truer than people think, you know. Right. <laughs> so now the WL process has been identifying those leaders. And uh, so I don't want people in the program. I know a lot of people are maybe a little bit uh, confused by what's been going on. They don't understand it all because we're not at we're not the best at explaining what we're doing all the time. Uh, and I know that a lot of times that's just a, a problem that's inherent within organizations because the folks that are doing this stuff say, well, I know what's going on, so I guess everybody else should too. But a lot of people don't. <clears throat> so that's what we're trying to kind of do right now is let people understand how this came about. So WL3, uh, 1, 2, and 3 are the are the steps in the program. You you, vol- you step up and you volunteer to become involved in the program, and you can r- run straight up the ladder. And now WL3 uh, has grown to where it is uh, it is birthing uh, the actual the actual positions now that uh, that the organization is going to need uh, for it to run efficiently. And that's the 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 stage that we're at now is identifying those positions and starting to put them in place. And this will probably, I imagine that this will be the the basis for the program to run for the next uh, three or four years, uh, if not from now on, because uh, this is one of those major steps that organizations have to go through uh, to get their leadership uh, and their administrative uh, duties and responsibilities taken care of. And now once this is... Uh, once this starts solidifying, uh, Moggett and Tecris, how will the people, uh, the rest of the membership, how will they know? Because, uh, or how will they know what to do or, or, or how to get in touch with somebody? Because one of the things that an organization needs is it needs a, uh, it needs a buck stops here person for each of the, uh, each of the areas of responsibility. Say you've got, uh, you want to talk oh, yeah. to somebody yeah. in promo, you need to talk to a person X, Y, or Z, because they are the persons that are running this, or they're the persons that's heading that. So how will they, how will they eventually know who to go to in the program for uh, their needs? I think uh, what you're going to see, Scout, is that you're going to see each of the sections in WLS, you know, promotions, uh, media relations, um, staffing, training, uh, uh, operations, uh, admin. Um, each have a board uh, that is public, and uh, uh, anybody will be able to see. I'm not sure if it's anybody or the cadre or exactly who, but anybody's going to be able to see that board and and uh, communicate uh, right there. Uh, probably will be a list of projects posted and then updates to the projects posted, uh, so that you can go right there and you can you can see what's working, you know, what's being worked on. Um, every so often, sensitive things come up, and then uh, obviously we won't be posting those. But those are uh, those are the exception rather than the rule. Um, and uh, rarely, rarely do they come up uh, into the into the WL. That's not really the right place for them. Right. So, uh, um, but you know, uh, let's ask Tekres because he's actually got his section set up. Uh, 
farther along in the setting up process than some of the others, I think. But what, where are you going, Ted? Well, what's, what we're going to have is uh, I've got two areas right now. I've got media relations and operations, uh, which are two different sections. Uh, in media relations, um, you know, I'm taking the lead until I can find somebody better to take the job. Uh, which I will make a side comment. I found somebody better to take my job to lead Indiana, and I couldn't be happier to hand it over to him. And Yellow House is going to just make the state awesome. So one of the great successes in this program is when you do find that person, you get them mentored up, and you hand it off, and you know that person is going to do the job better than you did it. No no better feeling in the program. And uh, in any case, uh, Media Relations and Scout's going to help me out with that. Uh, you know, I, I got a lot to learn, um, and uh, we got a lot to, to share and work on, and we'll be bringing more people into that. Uh, operations, uh, I've just started collecting people, uh, you know, sending PMs out to talk to people about things, and the operations team is going to be the one whose job it is to be looking uh, down the line. You know, what are we doing in 90 days? What are we doing in a year? And, and what is winter seed and, and you know, April 2011 and uh, Project 1000, you know, the the people who are looking outside the cockpit because everybody else is doing a great job looking inside the cockpit and making sure the plane's still flying. Um, and um, uh, just beginning to gather up some people that uh, had volunteered already and had some interest in those areas. Um, and, you know, I'm looking for lots of people, so anybody who's interested, please let me know. I, I will say the the one trick about WL anything is that there's only one requirement, and the one requirement is work. Um, and it's you know some of it sometimes it's a little bit of work, sometimes it's a lot of work, sometimes you know it's as as much as the job requires. But the one thing we don't do a lot is chatter. Uh, we are a working board on a working board. And so that's the one thing you, when you sign up, just know that coming in. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we we need workers and we need jobs uh, accomplished, and that's that's what it comes down to. So uh, you know, um, it, I just add one thing here. Uh, it is the fact that we are a working board that accomplishes things that actually makes it such a pleasant place to work because it really is a pleasant place. It's not like there's no stress or no tension, uh, or, you know, nothing happening. It's not a uh, rainbows and gumdrops place, but, yeah, you know, it, it's a place where things happen. And uh, it's always, uh, you know, it's good people um, who can work with others. Well, and any time uh, you're part of an organization, part of a group where things are getting done, where tasks are being accomplished, uh, where you're setting goals, and those goals are being achieved and met, that is a good feeling. That's a good place, a good work environment. And uh, and WL3, all the WL uh, sections have that in common. Everybody's working. Uh, everybody's accomplishing uh, their goals or they're working toward them as hard as they can. And, uh, and this is going to work. Uh, I have absolute faith that this is going to work out for us and this is going to... Uh, to set the program uh, in a new level. Now, real quickly, let's, uh, Margaret, can you talk to us? Uh, I, I don't know what stage you're at on the, in this, but uh, uh, can you tell us what you can about the instructor site that's coming up? 
Oh, yeah, that's a that's a scuzzy thing, and actually we ought to get him to call in and talk about it maybe maybe next week. Uh, okay. Uh, but, um, in fact, that would probably be a really interesting top one for one of the topics next time. Uh, and maybe we'll be ready to let folks look at a part of it, too, during the uh, program if, uh, if folks want to go poke around a bit. But the theory behind it is this. It is extremely hard to find things on the forum, information you need to know. So the idea is we have a web page uh, which allows no comments and no discussion, uh, and it posts what is the policy um, grouped by topics. So the history section has Fred's guide posts. Uh, the instructor manual that is the official version is on that web post. The state coordinator manual that's the official version is on that web post, uh, web page. Um, and so that's where all the official, that's where the official documents will all be, the official copies of the official documents. And uh, then there's also a piece coming up uh, called the FAQ, the Frequently Asked Questions. Uh, it's a misnomer. It's it's actually turned into an index of um, Apple Seed policy, uh, regulation, rules, guidelines, advice, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, it's organized like an FAQ. Uh, so if you want to know uh, whether or not uh, patches can be awarded at other than an, out, than an official Appleseed event, uh, you will be able to uh, click over there and read that patches can, in fact, be awarded at other than official Appleseed events. Or if you want to know what uh, apparel uh, you can get when you're a red hat, uh, you can click in and find that sort of thing. Uh, well, we that... talk about all the believers forms, all of that stuff as well. That sounds absolutely excellent. Well, let me let me tell you real quick what uh, a project that uh, I've got ready to to kick off now because uh, uh, now it's ready to get started. I'm, I'll bring it into uh, uh, into WL to uh, to match up and uh, and make sure everything is on the uh, on the same page with that. And that is uh, the new audio, the new uh, radio station. That uh, is getting ready to uh, is getting ready to to go into production. It's already set up. It's already running. Uh, but right now, uh, what what I have planned is, uh, and Ishi's going to help me get started with this. She was going to come on tonight uh, to tell the first strike of the story because I asked her to come on uh, for like three weeks in a row and do the one, two, and three, but. Then actually, uh, uh, and she had some other obligations she had to meet this uh, this week, so we'll have to postpone it for a week. But uh, the project is going to start off with Ishi, and I've discussed this a little bit with you guys on the radio before. What we're going to do is we'll have another radio station, and on this station, uh, what you can do is you'll be able to uh, uh, access the the radio show page and look at the. Uh, the archive list there, and each of these shows, and it won't be, they probably won't be two-hour shows because it's going to be chopped up into uh, smaller segments. But what you can do is you can look at the archive, and you can find uh, uh, there will probably be uh, eventually six or seven different people that are going to be giving their first strike, second strike, and third strike. And each one of these are going to be done in a singular form. So if you say, uh, look, I, I, I want to get, uh, I want to hear some people tell the, the first strike, and you can select uh, and download onto your uh, for onto your pods uh, 
four or five of the first strikes and listen to them uh, during the day. Uh, so you'll have access to folks telling the first, second, and third strikes uh, for the history. Now, in addition to that, there'll be another, uh, right now it looks like it's going to be 22 segments uh, that will cover the shoots from beginning to end, all the way from uh, uh, how to contact the range and uh, what to say to them, uh, how to get the, uh, the ranges on board with you, uh, all the way to uh, uh, how to do a meet and greet on uh, the Saturday morning, the admin, parking lot drill, calling the line, on and on. You'll be able to download audio uh, for these uh, in each in singular segments. <clears throat> so good. Uh, this will be a good, good. way for folks to, to get in, like an online uh, class in this uh, that you can use. You can listen to, uh, you know, while you're going to work, et cetera. You can listen to this, and this will help answer your questions about it, too. Uh, we've got the manuals that people can read, uh, but a lot of times I've, I've found that people uh, resist to reading stuff for one reason or another, and uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that this will this is certainly not going to be a fix-all, but uh, if somebody can uh, download uh, uh, lesson number uh, 21, which would be, uh, say, a call in the line or something like that, clearing the line, safety in the line, and listen to that during the day, then this is going to be another way for them to get their instruction in order to get uh, uh, an explanation, an audio explanation of it. And then eventually uh, what will happen is it will be opened up to discussion. So we'll have uh, uh, different shows where people can call in and we'll talk about uh, uh, certain aspects of instructing, uh, of how to teach uh, IMC or how to teach NPOA, et cetera. And folks can call in and give their suggestions and their comments about it. So this will be an instructor uh, radio show, and uh, I'm sure anybody could – can listen to it, but most for the most part, it will be pre-recorded, uh, with the exception of uh, certain uh, evenings that we'll do the call-ins uh, for discussion and stuff like that. But before this kicks off, we'll uh, uh, we'll run it through uh, uh, we'll run it through the process and get it cleared and everything with uh, the rest of the group, and uh, it should be available sometime. Uh, the strikes will be available probably starting in the next uh, two weeks. Sounds that great. Good. You know, there's there are so many ways that people learn today other than reading 50 pages of something, especially on a computer. That uh, that you know, video learning, you know, learning audio versions, anything we can do, anything we can do will help. So it, that sounds awesome. It sounds right. Great. There's also yeah. a uh, there's also a video channel that we've set up too and uh, that will uh, that'll that's coming along too but it'll probably be a, a little bit slower than the the audio than the radio station stuff but there'll be a video channel that will include the same lessons uh, but they will be done on video so you can see what the folks are doing you can see uh, you can see somebody uh, doing the uh, steady hole factors you can watch them clearing the line uh, you can watch them calling the line. Uh, you can watch them doing uh, IMC or, and uh, talking targets, etc. Uh, the channel is already up, 
but uh, but we're it's not going to be open until we finish getting the kinks out and we get uh, and we have a little bit more discussion about it uh, within the group. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah, well, I can see that's that's a lot of work uh, to do that. I think uh, very valuable, but yeah, we definitely want to work out the kinks before we do it. Right, and I, I look forward to seeing that. Though. That's a really nice, uh, nice thing. Well, I can, I, I can uh, during the next few days, I'll I can send you guys the links to the uh, to the areas that are already set up. And once again, this is a, this is something I've wanted to do forever, but. There's no way it would have gotten done if it was just up to if it was just uh, if folks would wait for me myself to do it because I already have a huge list and uh, and even stuff like feeding the family is getting behind uh, you know they're they uh, I saw one of them panhandling down at the end of the highway last week so uh, so I have to be thankful to the to the crew that is developing here in Texas because. The Texas crew has really blossomed uh, in the last few months, and uh, we've got a lot of great guys, including uh, uh, Kirk Wheeler, Spitzickler, uh, and uh, Aaron Finkel, and uh, Jesse Sloan. Uh, Jesse is a, uh, a professional instructor, and he is helping with uh, setting up the instruction. And uh, I have some other uh, some other ideas that we have started here that uh, I'll bring in uh, to discuss with the with the group this next week but uh, uh, I really I'm really happy with the folks here but but it's not me it's the folks that are stepping up and saying look I, I feel like I, I want to take ownership in the program and I want to become involved in it and I want to be uh, I want to be a part of this I want to help decide how it grows and how it evolves. That is how this is happening. Uh, it's because of the folks who in here in Texas who have come forward and said, I want to help. And uh, we have gotten just a great crew uh, in the last uh, six or seven months. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, we're, we're still struggling uh, with the numbers that we need uh, here in Texas uh, as far as the number of instructors. But uh, but we're trying to pile them on as fast as we can. We're trying to uh, to fast track uh, becoming an instructor, while at the same time ensuring that the that the speed that we're trying to achieve in getting them up to uh, red hat status uh, is still complies uh, with the quality of instructor that we require at the Alpacy Project for them to get a red hat. So we're working as hard as we can on that right now. Yeah, those are uh, those are all good projects. You know, one last thing uh, maybe we want to bring up here, not to change the topic or anything, but before we head out, uh, a good shout out to uh, Trisha, a red hat up here in, up here in Wisconsin, who's uh, apparently going to have her baby tomorrow. Wow. And then I hear that I shoots on tonight. You can see him down there. shoots her husband. He still insists he's going to shoot Boss Racine this weekend. What do you guys think? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just everybody's laughing about that one. <laughs> I'm watching that in the chat room, thinking, uh, "Yeah, right." <laughs> <laughs> 
got a lot of folks that uh, we've got a lot of folks that would like to uh, that have asked to come on the uh, the radio show in the upcoming months. And uh, before we end out, we got about another five minutes here. Before we uh, end out the program, I want to make another uh, uh, request for help with the radio show. Uh, I could sure use a hand here, guys. I need. Uh, I still need somebody to uh, to help me with audio. <clears throat> we need uh, uh, some more work on audio for the show, not just uh, for within the show ourselves, but we. I think I mentioned to you guys that we have uh, quite a few radio stations that are willing to start running uh, spots for this show and for the program. But we need some somebody to help us record those spots. So uh, if you guys, uh, if anybody is willing uh, to help with the uh, with setting up some uh, thirty second uh, and sixty second spots, then. Uh, uh, we sure need that. Uh, I think I spoke to uh, Beth Schoenberg from the Gary Brownsville show, and uh, I think they're willing to uh, take some spots from us, and uh, we'll, we're going to get some from them to run on our show. Uh, we need some folks that uh, I need some folks to help me with the show page so that we can start running Apple Seed videos out of the Rifleman Radio Show page. And then uh, just some help getting the the show page uh, up to speed uh, for the uh, uh, for the folks that click on it, and then some folks to help me with uh, with scheduling uh, upcoming guests and stuff. Uh, we've got the guys from the uh, Gun Owners of America, Mr. Pratt, that he'd like to come on. Uh, quite a few folks that would like to come on the show. Uh, I just need some help with uh, scheduling and. Uh, uh, audio, video, uh, music for the show, radio spots, etc. So please, uh, if you'd like to get involved with the radio show, uh, we sure could use you. We'd like to use the show. We'd like to to hone the show so that it becomes a real, uh, a really sharp piece of promotional gear for us. So <clears throat> I'm putting out my uh, request for help uh, right there. And then if you want to become involved in the program. If you want a position of leadership in the program, if you want to help uh, decide how the rifle, uh, the uh, uh, Revolutionary War Veterans Association, Project Appleseed, grows, develops, and runs, the time to get involved is now. For the rest of you guys that uh, are already uh, up to their necks in work, Make sure that uh, you're using the next couple of weeks, getting yourself ready for the upcoming year, getting the IBCs in line, uh, getting your events already scheduled. Get them scheduled now. The, the books are open for 211. So get your events scheduled now so the folks can start uh, signing up for staffing so that you can see where you're uh, going to be short uh, uh, as far as locations go and looking for locations in those areas, uh, etc. Uh, Moggett, Tekris, uh, you guys got anything to add? We've got about uh, 60 seconds, she said. No, no, I'm good to go. Um been nice talking to you guys as always. Um, so uh, and we'll see you again uh, next week. Same time, same bad time, same bad channel, uh, like they used to say, you know. 
Exactly. Techris, you got anything? He might have fallen off already. He may may have. Well, we want to thank everybody for uh, for listening, and uh, we'll see you again this next Tuesday. I think Ishi will be doing her uh, first strike story then, and be checking the forum, uh, especially the uh, the radio show thread, uh, for updates on when the uh, the channel is coming up, so that you can be listening to them, and then uh, we'll let you know. We'll let you know as soon as uh, the rest of the stuff comes online. So thank you, everyone, for calling in. Manga, thanks. Tech, thanks. Thanks to everybody who was uh, working in the chat room, and we'll see you this uh, next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central. God bless everybody, and good night. Good night.